it.
doughboy. I like that little white man. He is so cute. I'm gonna poke him in the belly. Listening to CITR F1102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from 1985, the Rockin' Zoo with Refrigerator, a tribute to William Perry from the Chicago Bears, the Refrigerator. And today, speaking of football, an interview with Snoop Doggy Dog from 2019. And to prepare you for Snoop Doggy Dog, I thought I would play a bunch of L.A. music from the 1980s. Or 19... Maybe a bit of 1990s thrown in there as well. So right now, we're going to hear some DJ Battle Cat from 1988... An interview with Snoop Doggy Dog with some other stuff thrown in there as well on Denardwar, the human serviette radio show. Here is DJ Battle Cat from 1988. you gonna have to do. Beep, 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 beep,
in your pants. I won't shut. Cured like to get in your pants. I won't shut. Cured like to get in your pants. I won't shut.
call it wacky dust. It's from a hot cornet. It gives your feet a feeling so breezy, and oh, it's so easy to get. They call it wacky dust. It brings a dancing jazz. And when it starts, and only a sapple refuse to big apple or share. a buzz in your heart you'll do a marathon you'll wanna go on kicking the ceiling apart they call it wacky dust it's something you can't trust and in the end the rhythm will stop when it does and you'll drop from happy wacky And you're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And that there was a little ditty from 1938 that actually was Chick Webb and his orchestra vocal by Ella Fitzgerald. And the song was called Wacky Dust in honor of Snoop Doggy Dog. An interview of which is coming up shortly. And before that, we heard from 1988, the unknown DJ. And before that, DJ Battlecat from 1988. Before we play the Snoop Doggy Dog interview that I did recently, a brand new interview with Snoop Doggy Dog, here are the Express in all their glory with their gigantic hit from 1974 with Do It Till You're Satisfied on CITR Radio FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and then Snoop Dogg. Whatever it is, do it, do 
Who are you? Snoop Dogg. Snoop, this is our 10th interview in 19 years. Mm, we got to catch up. We 09. Well, actually, you FaceTime me looking for some OG stuff. Yeah, some OG shit. You know, you keep it, though. I know you got something for me. You got to have a grab bag for me. You usually do. Some O.J. Simpson stuff you're looking for? O.J. Simpson stuff. You know that's what I was looking for. And I have for you right here, Snoop, a gift. Some O.J. Simpson stuff for you right here. I didn't do it. O.J. Simpson. Done by Victor in Iceland. Oh, shit. This motherfucker crazy as fuck. Look at this shit. O.J. is a real Simpson. The nigga said he didn't do it with a glove on. That is for you. Is that what you were looking for? Oh. Front down twice, man. We, we got an issue now. This is third time I'm punching your motherfucker. No, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> well, speaking of dolls, actually, we have in this towel, if you could unwrap, what do we have there? A Snoop Dogg bobblehead. But it's missing the thing that I knocked out of your mouth. My blunt. You knocked my blunt out of my fucking hand. Where is it? It is right. Actually, we have it right here so you can put your blunt back in your mouth. Thank you. What can you say about this doll right here, Snoop Doggy Dog? He gangsta as a motherfucker. I like because his hair is done right. He got a nice trim. His edges are snatched. Cool. Gangsta shit. Bang. It goes right in the mouth, believe it or not. Oh, wow. You got to push real hard, but there it is, a Snoop Doggy Dog doll. I like this. I didn't know it went in his mouth. Get in there. <laughs> and so I may have knocked it out of your mouth, but there it is. There are a few Snoop Dogg lookalikes, aren't there? It is, and one motherfucker keep fooling people. I keep seeing this nigga on Instagram, people tell me I took a picture with Snoop. Every time I see it, I get on there and be like, nope, that's not me. I was curious, Snoop Doggy Dog, what about the history of weed? What can you say about the history of weed? I always ask you about the history of weed. Reefer songs from the 1930s, jazz. Damn, 30s? This is gangster shit, weed songs from the 30s. Ella Fitzgerald, Cab Calloway, look at the titles on the back, like Wacky Dust. What do you know about the history of weed? Paula, here comes the man with jive. If you're a viper, Texas Tea Party. All the jive is gone. The G-Man got the T-Man. We smokers dream. Oh, this is cold. I need to get this album from you. That one actually has no record in it. I knew you would ask for that record, so I took it out. Motherfucker, you. <laughs> you good for that shit, though. I like you for that. Do you collect the records that you take from me? I do. I collect them and I play them. I use them. I find ways to, you know... Be entertained by the records that you give me. I was wondering, Snoop Doggy Dog, what is going on right here? Is this Papa Snoop? Yep, that's the uh, Bernardo Brothers. That's their little uh, gospel group. Rio, my father, Rick, and uh, my uncle, um, Tommy. What is going on there? What did he do? They jam and they sing and they doing a gospel uh, presentation. When you were a kid, Snoop Doggy Dog, were you shot by an Uzi? Never shot by a nosy. Shot at by a nosy. <laughs> what happened there? Missed it by that much. Well, I have a gift for you, Snoop Doggy Dog. For missing that, this is a gift for you to keep some unknown DJ. That's dope. This is dope. I fuck with the unknown. DJ Unknown. It's my dude. What can you say about the DJ Unknown? 
DJ Unknown made uh, Compton's Most Wanted shit. OG, West Coast producer. Real OG. I, I was curious, Snoop Doggy Dog, what, what can you say about these L.A. Compton records and Gates We Trust? I just seen uh, Havoc the Mouthpiece, South Central Cartel. That shit was gangster. And the South Central Posse. Oh, shit. You got some G shit up in here. Yeah. And the West Coast crew from 1985. Yes, jealous people, that was the shit. No, I love that name, and Gates We Trust. What did you do that night of the incident, Snoop? Did you take some VCRs? What did you take that night? Hear no evil, see no evil. Baboom. I was also curious, hoes with attitude. Oh, yeah, that was the NWA group. EZ was fucking one of these hoes, and they put them out. As a group. And they ended up kind of dissing you in real mother. Jeez. It's all good. I ain't tripping. Them bitches what? didn't know no better. Hoes with attitude. What can you say about hoes with attitude? That's pretty cool. These hoes, they had attitude. You know what I'm talking about? They did that. This book right here, Snoop, you put out, which is amazing, from crook to cook. I love that. Thank you. It's my cookbook. First time I put one out working with Martha Stewart. She encouraged me to make one, so it's doing pretty good right now. It's a bestseller right now, so make sure you go pick it up. Spaghetti de la... Yes, sir. Please believe that. Hood. Yes, sir. Bow wow. Wow. Yippee yo, yippee yay. Go get... Bang bang. Baked Chef Boyard. These nuts in your mouth. Did you ever develop Snoop Dogg toiletries? Never had, but I assume to do. What about chicken and waffles at Walmart? What do you think about chicken and waffles cereal at Walmart? No, bad look. Bad look. <laughs> and winding up here, Snoop Doggy Dog, in relation to food, what do you think about this record right here? Denny's present the L.A. Lakers. Denny's present the L.A. Lakers? But Chick Hearn narrated this? I heard this before, because I'm a Chick Hearn fan, so I know about it. And lastly here, Snoop Doggy Dog, we have a little gift for you right here, some Battle Cat. Oh, you got Battle Cat? That is for you, and the record is in that one. DJ Enough and Battle Cat. Ugh, produced by Lonzo. I'm taking that one, cuz. What can you say? That's for you, that's for you. What can you say about DJ Battle Cat? That's my homeboy, cuz. He's still getting it. He's going hard in New York. We got some new shit coming on my new album coming out. He's still fucking it up. And lastly, Snoop, speaking of new albums and stuff you have out, the Count Base D. The Count Base D with Snoop Doggy Dog. Pressure. Yeah, so much pressure. How did you find out about Count Base D? I, I understand funk, man. I respect it and I, I know what it is and he dope as fuck. So, you know, when you with the funk, it finds you. Well, thank you very much, Snoop. And lastly, to end this interview, right here, we have this record, a Sammy Davis Plop Plop Fizz Fizz record. Oh, what a relief it is. Alka-Sessa record? Yes. For you, Snoop Doggy Dog. Oh, it's in there, too. That's me. That's for you to keep. Not all those records are for you to keep, but that one is definitely. That's hard. So, thank you, Norwood. I appreciate you, baby. So, Snoop Dogg, anything you want to add to the people out there at all? Man, I just love y'all for being down with me and staying true to what you do, and uh, I'm just here to have a good time. Thanks for the love. And Snoop Doggy Dog, why should people care about Snoop Doggy Dog? Why should people care? Why not? Not why. Well, thanks so much, Snoop Doggy Dog. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do do loot do do do
to the lesson nowadays everybody seem like they be stressing they used to laugh at us now look at how they dressing woke up to the usher to deliver my confession need a psychiatrist for this type of my profession it's hard to survive if you alive it's a blessing count them and i can get it done with no discretion direction and put the spotlight on my reflection i'm vexing no instructions needed i went undefeated if you catch a case my new i hope you beat it they got a bench warrant for the homie he been receded they gave him an l for the crime and he depleted Pressure. Somebody might not make it today. So much pressure. It's too much pressure. Somebody wanna let me away. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. Somebody might not make it today. So much pressure. It's too much pressure. Somebody wanna let me away. It's too much pressure. Pressure. are behind well to do count is now instantly new immediately fresher too much pressure used to use my game to cash out and undress her cop a new cool catch some feelings and drool kick it with snoop enemies become your footstool tricking is unnecessary nowadays we make it rain on your commissary don't try this at home results may vary pressure. somebody might not make it today so much pressure it's too much pressure Somebody wanna let me away. It's too much pressure. It's too much pressure. Somebody might not make it today. So much pressure. It's too much pressure. Somebody wanna let me away. It's too much pressure. Too much pressure. Somebody might not make it today. So much pressure. It's too much pressure. Somebody wanna let me away. It's too much pressure. Too much pressure. Somebody might not make it today. So much pressure, it's too much pressure. Somebody wanna let me away. It's too much pressure. Wow, what a blast! Now you're hitting your stomach. Needs relief fast, 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 fast. Out the soda, pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Pop, pop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Alka-Seltzer speeds relief to your aching head and starts to work instantly to break up the discomfort of acid indigestion. Oh, what a relief it is. Fast, fast, fast. <laughs> and you're still listening, hopefully, to the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. That there was Sammy J. Davis Jr. with Plop, Plop, Fizz, Fizz, the Alka-Seltzer song, the commercial version, as referenced in my interview with Snoop Doggy Dog. But before that, we heard brand new from Count Base D featuring Snoop Dogg, Pressure. And before that, an interview with Snoop Doggy Dog, a brand new interview with Snoop Doggy Dog done at Fortune Sound Club in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you, G-Man! Right now, we're going to play a record 
Lakers Magic, narrated by Chick Hearn, as referenced by Snoop Doggy Dog. And this is kind of a document of the L.A. Lakers' magical 79-80 championship season. So here is Chick Hearn with Lakers Magic on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show. Hi, everybody. This is Chick Hearn. The 79-80 Lakers season was a magical one. From Kareem Skyhook to win the opener at the buzzer in San Diego to that incredible performance by Magic in the championship game in Philadelphia, it truly was a season to remember. Denny's Restaurants are proud to present this great memory of the Lakers championship season. In low to Magic. Hook shot by Magic. Kareem will be proud of that one. A skyhook. The ball over to Irving. Great hook pass to Cheeks underneath. Puts it up and Magic blocks it. Magic blocks the shot to Jones. Cheeks out of the backcourt. He's going like heck. But the ball is knocked away by Magic. Taken by Lasberger to Magic. Hook shot. Oh! A hook shot from midcourt. Magic hot and he knows it. Oh, what a pass to Cooper who scores. A no-look pass with two hands over his right hip. Here's an interception by Magic. He's everywhere. Magic Johnson has brought his Magic to the floor. It was magic, and in the 1979-80 season, the National Basketball Association was careened. He's back then, turn, face the basket, 10-foot jumper, that's good. Magic down the middle of Kareem, and Kareem slam dunks. Kareem is inside, they give it to him, he comes underneath for a slam dunk with authority. Woo! Cooper throws up a prayer, no good, gets it back, puts it up, didn't get it, slam dunk, Kareem. It goes into Kareem, he's away from everybody, he's underneath, he lays it up and in, Kareem! Underneath the magic, slam dunk, four seconds, three, two, one, the Lakers are the champions! In retracing the Los Angeles Lakers' rise to supremacy in the world of professional basketball, one has to go back only a year. Back to the day when it was announced that Dr. Jerry Buss had bought Jack Kent Cook's vast sports empire and included in the deal, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. Jerry Buss's track record was one of total success. Mediocrity would not be tolerated. So along with the astute judgment of general manager Bill Sharman, they wheeled, they dealed, and they came up winners. In fact, their odyssey to the championship would see only three players remain from the previous season. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Norm Nixon, Jamal Wilkes. In place of the others came Jim Jones, Michael Cooper, Mark Landsberger, Brad Holland, Marty Burns, Butch Lee, and of course, the sensational rookie, Irvin Magic Johnson. Let me introduce to you individually the members of the team. First of all, I would like to have him wave to you, Bill Sharman, the general manager who constructed this team. Billy Sharman. An acquisition during the year, a great gentleman and an outstanding basketball player who will get his chance in the future, Butch Lee. Where's Butch? Another man to join the club early, out of Syracuse, a former number one pick with Phoenix, a tremendous competitor, Marty Burns. Marty? From UCLA, a man that last night distinguished himself beautifully in the championship game, Brad Holland. Acquired this year to do some rebounding. 
All he did was lead the league in rebounds per minute played. He is the silence of the Lakers. He is Mark Lansberger. A man that last year in ball practice had to earn a berth on this club after having a serious knee surgery a year ago. He is Coop, Michael Cooper. A third year man out of Duquesne. A fabulous basketball player in every facet of the game. His dream has come true, Norman Nixon. Cleveland, Ohio, and they brought back a guy that can play both center and forward, and last night he was a magnificent center in the absence of the captain, Jimmy Jones. The man that held this basketball club together for the last two years with adhesives and with good massages and with kind words, the trainer, Jack Curran. Forwards in the history of collegiate and professional basketball. They call him Silk in Philadelphia. Ladies and gentlemen. The Silk Man last night made 25 in the second half, 37 on the game, the great game of his life when they needed it the most. <laughs> this year, the Lakers thought that they needed another guard that would compliment everybody on the team and compliment Norman Nixon in particular. This guy not only did that, he complimented the city. He is Magic Johnson. gentlemen, when Jack McKinney suffered his near-fatal accident, Paul Westhead became the interim head coach, and I lost one of the great friends and announcers in the broadcast booth, Pat Riley. Pat. There's none of us here that don't realize the tremendous contribution that Jack McKinney made to the coaching of this club. He laid the foundation for the entire structure. When he was unable to continue coaching, his young assistant, a man who had only seen a few professional games, came from the college ranks, and he won a total of 72 games and lost only 26 as the coach, along with Pat Riley. Will you meet and greet, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Westhead. Los Angeles Lakers, the most valuable player, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
kind of hard to be out here today and, and talk to all you wonderful people because you've been with us so long and you've been, you've been so good to us by sticking with us. I just want to thank you for everybody. I want to thank you for myself. And uh, I want to tell you, you're beautiful. And uh, we love you. The Sojourn to Heaven started on opening night, October the 12th in San Diego. And things didn't look too good for Los Angeles as they trailed by three points with only 16 seconds remaining. But then, the big fella, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, did his thing. Following the win over San Diego, the Lakers returned to the forum and captured their home opener, 105 to 96 over the Chicago Bulls. But the next night in Seattle, with less than two minutes remaining to be played in the third quarter, Magic Johnson injured his knee. At first, it was feared he'd be lost for two months, maybe the season. However, the great youngster was back in just nine days. And in his first game, upon returning, he scored 26 points to face the Lakers to a convincing conquest of the Kansas City Kings 116-104. But strange and almost tragic things kept happening to the Lakers. On November the 8th, Head coach Jack McKinney is involved in a near-fatal bicycling accident. And the reign of command as a coach now shifted to assistant coach Paul Westhead. And in his first game, as the interim head mentor, the Lakers are on the brink of defeat. When? We've got 10 seconds. The ball to Jamal, 22 feet to right side. Lakers down by two, eight seconds. To Johnson. Johnson to dribble. Out of the will. 20-footer to tie it up. We're in overtime. In the overtime, the Lakers dominated and emerged with a tough 126-122 victory. Over to Jamal, another 20-foot jumper. He's good again! This time to the right side. He's got his season high 24. He takes it into Magic, turn in the lane. Beats to Nixon, 18-footer by Norman. Good! There's the shot we were talking about. 112-107, the Lakers by five. Kareem's one-on-one -on -one against Issel. Kareem's down the middle, swing left, sky hook a 12, be short unless he gets a bounce. He got a bounce! He's coming on a three on two. He's down the middle. Right side to Magic. 116, 109. Two minutes and 30 seconds to play. Magic dribbling. Throws the ball to Kareem. Underneath alone as well. Gives to Nixon. Comes in deep. Score! Magic dribbling the ball. They probably will have to foul. They double beam him. He dribbles through two. He's down the middle. Gives on it to Wilson. Will scores! What a pass. He put his head down. I thought he was going up for a scoop shot. He gave him a two-hand shovel. The inbound pass. Let him have their three-point play. Jump shot blocked by Haywood. Taken by Thompson. Concession basket. No basket. He didn't get there in time. And in overtime, in a thriller. And aren't they all? 126 to 122. A fabulous debut for interim coach Paul Westhead. The Lakers maintained their winning ways through the month of December. And on December the 28th, the confrontation everyone had looked forward to all year arrived. It was to be two old adversaries, now rejuvenated going at it. Yes, the Boston Celtics were in town. It was to be the battle of the NBA's two super rookies, the Lakers' Magic Johnson, the Celts' Larry Bird. The setting seemed perfect. 
However, when it came to playing on the hardwood, the Lakers humbled the high-flying, proud Bostonians, 123-105. Early in January, Magic Johnson injured his groin, and it affected his play for a while. But on January the 21st, he was back in full stride as the Lakers routed the New York Knickerbockers at the Forum, 132-114. The Lakers were really flying now, but then Paul Westhead suffered a kidney stone attack, and Pat Riley, who started the season in the radio booth, took over the head coaching duties for a game, and he won it. Late in February, Abdul-Jabbar started suffering from migraine headaches. However, in a game against the Houston Rockets at the Forum, the only visible headache was the one he gave the Rockets when he came out of a sickbed, missed the first half, played the second half, helped arouse the Lakers to a 112-100 victory. Two nights later at the Forum, the Lakers moved into first place in the Pacific Division when they annihilated the defending NBA champion Seattle Supersonics 131-108. Brown around a pick by Bailey, shoot the 20-footer, blocked by Magic, taken by Kareem. Kareem to midcourt to Wilk, Wilk to the left side. He'll stop and shoot a 19-footer, that's good. Once again, so quickly with that shot, nobody can defend it if you're like to right in his face. 117 to 86, Nixon down the middle, 15-footer, right in, Williams' face is good. At 24 for him, the Lakers three on one, out on left side of Magic, Magic scores underneath. Now the ball to Cooper, and he has a 19-footer. Cooper gets his 10 points. And it's 131 to 99. Here's the ball to Walker. Walker underneath. Laying it up and in is Dennis Johnson. He's got 30. Game's over. The Lakers beat the Super Sun. They down the world champion. 131 to 108. And in so doing, we take over first place, undisputed, in the Pacific Division. The Lakers eventually clinched the Pacific Division title on March 23rd against the Utah Jazz, but they had to overcome a seven-point deficit in the fourth quarter to win it, 101-96. Nixon takes it over to Magic. Magic dribble. Get the Wilkes at the base for the 20-foot jumper. Good! A one-point ball game, 6-14 to play, and Wilkes electrifying this building. Magic down the middle. Feeds it out to Jones. Jones over to Nixon. Can he give them the lead with a 20-footer? Yes! Magic dribbling the ball, brings it over to Cooper, and he looks into Kareem, the low post. Can't get it in there, he's double-teamed. The ball underneath to Haywood. He puts it on the floor instead of shooting it right away. Now Cooper to score. He put it down between his ankles, somehow got it back up and in. A nice play at the end of it. 89-88, the Lakers in front. They win it all, the Pacific Division, with a victory. Cooper out to Kareem at the free throw line. A 15-footer, good! What a fine pass by Cooper, and Kareem faced the basket and took his time. Here's the ball in low to Boswell. Got blocked by Haywood. A brilliant play by Haywood, leaving his own man. Wilkes has got it. Wilkes has been hitting 20-footers like their layup. Baseline to Cooper. His 18-footer good. A three-point lead, 93-90. to Nixon with the ball. The Lakers up by 1.249 to play. Pass out of front of Magic. Magic came to meet the ball well. He's down the middle. Looks for his second field goal. Gets it. A 10-footer. That's only his second basket in two nights. He did not score a field goal last night. All right, Magic stops. Brings it out to Haywood. Haywood's 17-footer straight away is good. Last night, Haywood had 12 points in the second quarter at Seattle. He's gone crazy. They're calling him the 18-year-old Haywood, the team. That's 13 for him, 97-92. Ball out of front to Cooper, over to Kareem, underneath. Nice pass to Magic. Goals ending. Magic gets the hoop. Easy play to call. It was a bank shot off the glass, and Hardy deflected it. Magic's got 13, and the Lakers got the Pacific Division Championship within reach. 
Magic dribble drive underneath the Cooper. The Lakers entered their final game of the regular season at Oakland against the Golden State Warriors. The Lakers season record was 59 and 22, and they wanted that coveted 60th win, and they got it. Now it was playoff time in the City of Angels, and the magic that was to be the 1979-80 season was just beginning to unfold. And you're still listening to the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. That was Chick Hearn and a little description of great moments from the Los Angeles Lakers 79 to 80 NBA championship season. Right now, going to play something by The Corner Boys, brand new from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada's Corner Boys. We're going to play Waiting for 2020, which is the name of the brand new LP, as well as Norman by The Corner Boys. They are also playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on June 1st at the SBC. Also, I'm going to cut in between there some E.T. as told by Gertie from 1982. But right now, here are the Corner Boys from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Brand new from the Corner Boys, waiting for 2020. And Norman on the Nardwar, the human serviette radio show.
You can read along with me in your book as you listen to the story. You'll know it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Hi, this is Cal. I'm Jim. I couldn't tell you about E.T. before. Elliot said it had to be a secret because it was probably the most important thing that ever happened. I couldn't even tell Mom. But it's not a secret anymore. So Elliot says it's okay if I tell you now. It was almost Halloween, and I was in the kitchen trying to find out what everybody was dressing up like. I wanted to go as a cowgirl, but nobody was listening to me because they think I'm just a kid. Elliot was telling Mom about something weird he saw in the backyard the night before. A goblin or something. And Mike was teasing him. Maybe it was an iguana. Well, it was real, I swear. Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. It was nothing like that! Nobody believed Elliot. It was kind of nice to see him getting teased instead of me for a change. The next day, when I get home from nursery school, I heard Elliot and Michael upstairs. I rushed into Elliot's room to show him my art project. And there was the goblin! Yeah, It looked like a giant mushroom with eyes! I screamed! And then the goblin screamed! That made Michael jump back and knock over the bookshelf! Then I screamed some more. 
I'm a good screamer. Elliot almost had a fit. He slammed the door so Mom wouldn't hear us. Michael threw his hand over my mouth and dragged me into the closet. The hysterical goblin ran in after us, screaming all the way. Then Elliot ran in and slammed the door. Now I had time to look at the goblin calmly. He was smaller than me, but had long fingers and a squashy body and big buggy eyes. He looked like this big turtle without a shell. I mean, gross me out. Elliot could see I was still real scared. He won't hurt you, Gertie. I'm keeping him. Is he a boy or a girl? He's a boy. But look, you can't tell. Not even Mom. Why not? Because, um, grown-ups can't see him. Only little kids can see him. Give me a break. I may be little, but I'm not stupid. Elliot seemed to know what the goblin was thinking. He said it was sad and alone. And anyway, in the closet with all our stuffed animals, he didn't look so scary anymore. So I promised to keep it a secret. Elliot could tell that the goblin was hungry. So that night, we sneaked some food upstairs and watched it eat. He used his funny long fingers to pick up the food. Ugh, I wrinkled my nose. Is he a pig? He sure eats like one. I also brought the goblin a geranium flower in a pot. It made him happy. I guess it made the flower happy too, because it bloomed right in front of our eyes. Elliot showed the goblin a map of Earth. We are here. Where are you from? The goblin waved his long fingers. And five clay balls flew up in the air and spun around like planets and sun. Ah! Then he pointed out the window at the stars far away. That's when we knew he was a man from outer space. Michael said a man from outer space was called a extraterrestrial. But Elliot just called him E.T. I like that better. It's easier to say. One day, I came home from school and found E.T. all by himself. He was watching one of my favorite cartoon shows on the TV. It was teaching the letter B. I said B, B, B. Then E.T. opened his mouth. Mm. It's a bee. Good. Good. This was great. Now I had somebody my own size to play with. So I taught him more words. I took E.T. up to my room for a dress-up tea party. I put a wig on him. And you know, he did look so ugly. So I, I put a dress and some jewelry on him. And now, he looked kind of cute. But when Elliot came home and saw E.T. all dressed up, he wasn't happy at all. Oh, you should give him his dignity. But then, E.T. surprised him. Elliot. What? I smiled. I taught him how to talk now. He can Elliot. talk now. 
Elliot was excited. E.T., can you say that? Can you say E.T.? E.T. 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 Hi, this is Cal. I'm Jim. And Giz from The Empty Page. And you're listening to Nardwar, the Human Serviette Presents. On CITR. Vancouver's home of rock and roll. Naked for your debut and all the rest is drag. Hipster, vicar, princess, fag. Zips, clips, buttons like bars on a cage. Slip into your uniform. Elliot over to the window and pointed towards the stars again. Home, home, E.T. Phone home. Elliot could tell 
E.T. was homesick. E.T. phone home, and they'll come. Come home. So we had to help E.T. build a communicator so he could call his people to tell them to come and take them home. Elliot and Michael got all kinds of weird things, like an old record player and a blender and an umbrella. But I gave him the most important thing, my electronic spelling game. That's how I help. I helped to get out on Halloween night. Elliot and Michael dressed E.T. up in a ghost sheet. Everybody thought E.T. was me. That's how he sneaked E.T. out of the house past Mom. Then Elliot drove E.T. up to the woods on his bike and helped him set up his communicator. When Elliot didn't come home that night, Mom was really worried. I wanted to tell her where he was, but I had promised to keep it a secret. Elliot finally showed up the next morning. He looked so tired and so sick. You know why? Because E.T. was lost. Everything was going rotten, and it scared me so much. Michael finally found E.T. in the woods and sneaked him back in the house. E.T. didn't look well at all. Michael and I were real worried, so we decided it was time to tell Mom. She walked into the bathroom and saw Elliot sitting on the floor next to E.T. We're sick. I think we're dying. Mom didn't know what E.T. was, so I told her. Man from the moon! E.T. reached out his arms. That's when Mom freaked out. She grabbed Elliot, Michael, and me and rushed downstairs to get away from E.T. Suddenly, people in spacesuits bursted into our house. They came in through the doors, the windows, everywhere. There were scientists, and they were looking for E.T. When the scientists found E.T., he was extra sick. They tried very, very hard to make him better. They put a big bag over the whole house and brought in a lot of machines, but it didn't help. Elliot pleaded with E.T. E.T., stay with me, please. I'll be right here. But it was too late. The scientists wrapped up E.T.'s body to take it to their lab. I started to cry, and so did Mom. Elliot stared at E.T. so long. I don't believe in you all my life. Every day. E.T. I love you. As Elliot started to leave, E.T. opened his big eyes! E.T. phone home! Elliot and Michael sneaked E.T. out of the house. The police and scientists chased him all over the neighborhood. 
truck, Ancient made all their bikes fly right over the cars and houses. I knew where they were going. E.T.'s people were coming for him, and it was about time. Mom and I drove to the place in the forest where the spaceship would land. Deep in the woods, we found this huge round spaceship covered with lights. And we all said goodbye to E.T. I gave him the geranium as a going away present. I just wanted to say goodbye. I kissed him on his funny round nose. E.T. smiled. Be good. E.T. waddled up the ramp into his spaceship. He was holding my geranium. Then the door closed and the spaceship blasted off. E.T. was going home. Every time I look at the stars at night, I think of E.T. I hope he comes back someday. From 1982, that was E.T. as told by Gertie. In between that, we also heard, thank you very much, Empty Page, for sending us to me, Nardwar to Human Serviette. The Empty Page are from Manchester, United Kingdom, and we heard Wardrobe Malfunction by the Empty Page. Thank you, Empty Page. And then some more E.T., as told by Gertie from 1982. Right now, we're going to play something that Trevor presented to me, an LP by his former band, Industrial Priest Overcoats. We're going to hear I'm Sincere, and then we're going to hear as much as we can of his new band, Bedwetters Anonymous, with Experiencing Discomfort on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. So right now, here are the Industrial Priest Overcoats and then the Bedwetters Anonymous with Experiencing Discomfort. Thank you, Trevor, on the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. (laughs) 